Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Friends, our second reading for this day, which will be the focus of our meditation, comes to us from John's Gospel. John chapter 2, verse 13 to 22. And I invite you, of course, to open up your Bible and follow along with us in this reading if you have it nearby. Or you may simply follow along with us as the scripture appears for you on the screen. So let us hear now this gospel reading. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple. He found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables making a whip of cords. Jesus drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle, and he also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and you will raise it up again in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body after he was raised from the dead. His disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In our pre-worship reflection question that you might have seen in the live stream, I, I asked you if there was a time that you could think of where a project went wrong, whether it was a demo project, a building project, where you thought you had prepared out everything the way you had wanted it to be, and I don't know, somewhere along the line, something just didn't add up. This time of preparation, the time of preparing for such a project, is a reminder that this season of Lent is a time of preparation. It's a time of preparation as we draw ever closer to the festivities of Easter. I know it doesn't feel like it, but that is the purpose of Lent. For many Christians, this takes on the form of creating time for intentional prayer, some additional time with God, acts of repentance, charitable giving, and even self-denial. But what is it that we are preparing for? And does our prep work involve any sort of demolition work? 
you know, the tearing down and ripping out of things that we thought were of God but weren't actually. We may think that we're doing a good enough job, but if our Lenten season doesn't involve a little demo work, a little flipping of tables, we shouldn't be surprised then if Jesus busts in at any moment swinging a cord and starts overturning tables. This morning, there's a couple of interesting things for us to be mindful of that I think will help set the stage for us to even dive deeper into this text. One thing that I want to touch briefly on is the Jewish people who were gathered at the temple. Jesus was visiting them during a time of preparation. People were traveling from all over to Jerusalem to purify themselves, to get ready for the celebration of Passover. They, too, were getting ready. Just as I said, we, too, in our Christian faith, we find ourselves in a similar position during this season of Lent, where we are getting ready for the celebration of Easter. I mention that fact that there are two groups getting ready because this isn't a story about who was right and who was wrong. We shouldn't approach this text as Jesus saying that the Jews were doing anything wrong, because instead the gospel reader is inviting us to stand alongside our Jewish neighbors, to stand in their place as people who are getting ready and to listen to the question Jesus is posing. The question of what is it we are getting ready for and are we sure it's what God really desires from us? And that's an important distinction to make, I think, when we look at a text like this. Because to frame it in that us versus them or right and wrong mentality has actually led to some pretty hurtful anti-Jewish sentiment that comes from our Christian tradition. So something to be mindful of, that we are invited to stand with our neighbors in this text to see how we are getting ready and what it is we are preparing for. Talking a lot, though, about preparation, talking a lot about demo work, though, and, and thinking about this text reminded me a lot about these binges I go through while watching television. And I, and I don't know about you, but I, I find HGTV to be quite watchable, something that I can just put on in the background and just be sort of passively aware of what's going on. I don't know if you have a favorite show that you like to watch on these sort of home renovation uh, series, but the ones that always get my little chuckle of amusement is the ones where they have professionals come in to fix the work of people who thought they knew what they were doing. And let's be honest, you all might have a similar story. <laughs> I know I do, where I thought I knew what I was doing with the project, and it turned out I had no idea 
again, it's preparation that makes us question what it is we're really doing in the first place. What is the purpose of our work of getting ready? There are times, as I said, and probably like the people who think they know what they're doing in these home projects, that think they know what they're doing. And we as a people of faith, we know that there are times when we think we are following in God's footsteps, and it turns out we're going in the complete opposite direction. This is one of those times where we think that we're doing a good job and Jesus enters in to let us know we really messed up. We should have called an expert in the first place. Jesus is appalled by what is going on at the temple grounds, seeing the merchants and the money changers converting denarii into smaller bits for people to give to the priests as their temple tax, works Jesus into a frenzy. He fashions a whip out of cords and enters a state of almost righteous wrath. Sort of amusingly, Jesus yells at the merchants to take these things out of here. Jesus refers to the temple, a physical place of worship, as a marketplace. From Jesus' perspective, the temple's no longer a place of spiritual renewal, but instead is a place dedicated to monetary gain. And like the Old Testament prophets, Jesus challenges this idea of the work that has happened before to ask ourselves, who is it we are really worshiping in our practices and our preparation? Or as my Old Testament professor, Dr. Xiao, would say, Jesus would probably ask, do we worship our image of God, who we think God is or want God to be, or do we worship God because God is God? In correcting work we may have done that has gone astray, it may take a little demo work, a little turning over of tables, purging from the temple for us to find an answer to the question Jesus poses to us today. For the people gathered in the reading and for us today, it can be difficult to see how we have gone astray in our preparation if we can't see past the bubble that surrounds us. There's no shame in Jesus coming in and turning things around, because I think that is better than believing that we are continuing on the right path when in reality we aren't. This purging from the temple, this purging of our hearts, this demoing and renovating, certainly is a reminder that our worship happens outside of Sunday. If we were in person, I would say outside the four walls of this sanctuary. It's also a reminder of the work we do with Jesus is one that requires a commitment. That this 
demo and renovating work we do, co-laboring with God, doesn't ask for our second best, but for our very best. That we place things in our spiritual lives as a top priority, whether it be the offering of our time, of our talents, of our resources, of our devotion, of our service to one another and to God, that these are things that we have to make an intentional commitment to. That perhaps then, where we've gone astray in our prep work, and that needs to be undone, is that these things have become a secondary response to God. So how are you using this Lenten season to grow and preparing for the good news of Easter, which came at a high price? What are you doing to prepare? How might you prepare for our God who doesn't care so much about the physical temple, but the hearts of the people who gather in the first place? This past week in our Lenten faith study, we talked a lot about the idea of this abrasive feeling we get when we're challenged and when our worldview bumps up against something that seems contradictory. Letting Jesus turn over our tables, letting Jesus do some demo work is an abrasive feeling. But it's not bad. It's what's necessary. It's what's necessary for us to see the world with a new sense of who we are. Perhaps turning over tables with Jesus will also make us feel a little better in the process. Exposing what needs renovating in our hearts may help us realize that what we thought was valuable was actually holding us back, even possibly holding others back. Demo time with Jesus might be what our souls require this Lenten season. As we still journey in strange and innovative ways this Lenten season. So that when we can come together and gather once again, we'll find that our hearts are truly yearning and longing for our God of Easter hope. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.